Okay, guys. Trying, trying different claps. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know how to do that. Ah, I got you. Okay, that's mom. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Before we uh, jump in to uh, uh, the next um, issue, uh, what? Uh, just any. Uh, kind of thoughts in review uh, from last night as we were um, as we were talking about our first issue, kind of loving the world. Anybody have uh, just any just kind of uh, thoughts about loving the world? Yes, sir. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention last night was the fact that when we love the world, it's, I mean, I'm not sure about the world, but so much, but just like the things of the world. Like I think KJ mentioned emotions, which is something. We all deal with uh, having to deal with emotions in the world, and the fact that we can turn to God maybe and, and ask for some help. Like I need some help right now, right? Yeah. Or, or I can say, I see the world the way I view it is, is a lot of cussing and a lot of using God's name in vain. Yeah. Which bothers me as a believer. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Good stuff. Somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I've like watched her subtly moving away yeah. from God over yeah. the years. Yeah. And so it was just interesting that I watch her go through that and then I try to do the same thing myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good thought. Because that that is how it feels. Like I feel you feel them moving away. Right? And you feel your conversation maybe somebody that you used to have um, kind of spiritual intimacy with you no longer it's just kind of run-of-the-mill and you long for that intimacy again and yet you know it eludes you yeah maybe one more one of the things you said was like towards the end was that the lord knows where the path of friendship with the world ends and like i was just thinking about like um just someone in my life that i'm kind of a mentor to in these moments where i'm just like it is so obviously a bad plan. Why do you think this is going to work? This decision is clearly, objectively going to end badly. Yeah. And just the humility of realizing that the Lord does the same thing to me mm-hmm. when I'm like, well, maybe I can hedge it. Maybe I can like, yeah. you know, just get a little bit without falling in, in the same way the Lord's looking at me and he's like, no, Sabrina, this is obviously not going to work. It didn't work last time. It won't work this time. Yeah. Don't. And just that, like, exasperation. I was like, mm. <laughs> sorry, Lord. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the four scriptures that we went over, I really challenge you uh, to get those into. If you're, if you're not a person that meditates on scripture, I encourage you to uh, start uh, trying that. Uh, what that is, is just putting truth in front of us. So as I read it and I just kind of turn it over in my mind, as I'm struggling with that stuff, I need to be reminded, you know, that friendship with the world is uh, is becoming an enemy towards God. Like I've got to, that's truth that will stop me, right? Um, And so as we look at each of those verses, I think those are truths we, I don't have in front of me enough, right? And I would would anticipate that probably you don't either. And so those reminders of what, where, um, that those things are at enmity, I think is helpful. All right, so um, 
So how was uh, devotion time? Just kind of reviewing, thinking, we're looking at scripture. We're kind of seeing where am I with this. Uh, That's really helpful, I think, at the beginning of the year, but something I think we need to do probably more, right? Uh, So that practice, I just want to introduce you. If if I'm looking at a verse and you really, each question is asking like, here's the verse, am I doing this? (laughs) Am I finding my identity here as we look uh, at the at the ways that he talks to us, this you know, just for one instance in Ephesians one through eight, you know, he has predestined me to be holy and blameless. Like, is that what I'm striving to be? Right? Uh, he has adopted me as a son or a daughter. Right? Do I see my identity right as amongst his family, trying to keep up the family name? Right? Am I reminded that I have redemption and forgiveness um, through his blood? Right, and what does that mean? It's not just thanks, God. See you later. You know, like a four-year-old giving them a Christmas present. I think a lot of times that is where we struggle. Right, it's like, man, forgiveness and like that's awesome, but like there's a <laughs> there's a lifestyle to be led, and that's going to kind of move into um, what we're talking about. But how how was that for you guys that engaged in that? Was that helpful? And think through. Yeah. So use that as a. Um, as just in your toolbox, as you're spending time with the Lord uh, for that, you can do that with kind of uh, a scripture a day if you just want to change up what you do. Um, all right, so let's uh, turn to issue number two. And so um, we're going to uh, make use of the technologies. A couple quotes that um, obviously I'll read, but it'll probably will be a little easier if I leave them on the board because I think they'll be um, helpful for you. <clears throat> so the first issue um, that we have as it relates to kingdom over culture um, is that we want to pursue the kingdom, right, and not be pulled away by the culture that we live in. And so uh, this is true for everyone around the world, right? Our American culture is a particular way, okay? But Cecilia, your culture has some differences than ours, right? But it has uh, anywhere that we go in the world, any people group, right, their culture, right, is that is not founded uh, uh, on... Um, Christ's kingship, right, then it is, uh, is going to pull us away from what God wants. So the second issue that I see, right, is this, addition, uh, this issue of authority, okay? Um, the current generations, if, if, uh, if a boomer, right, was uh, looking for and trusted authority at some level, every other generation has said a no, <laughs> right? Because, and they have good reason right, to distrust authority, we see uh, everyone is untrustworthy, right? Our political systems, right, our, our educational system, uh, many people's, uh, you know, they held their parents in high regard and they see them kind of make mistake after mistake. And it's like, man, what can I trust in? And so I think that that has filtered down into our kind of uh, extreme individualism, right? Because I can't, right, I, I can't trust anybody but myself. So when we're thinking about when we're thinking about this question of who is our authority, I think um, uh, I've got to to ask that kind of day by day, moment by moment. You know, who am I letting speak into my life, and who am I letting have kind of the final word? And so here's uh, and so the other questions that we want to answer here. And so this is asking who's my authority? How much does it matter who my authority is? And then this this hardest question. Right, uh, idolater seems like a harsh word, doesn't it? We don't use it really in the church much anymore. 
Um, but I want us to ask ourselves plainly, am I? Do I have some idols in my life? And so we're going to ask some good questions about that. And again, this goes with just like, hey, I need to be uh, examine my own life, examine my own things, but also uh, helping others do the same thing. All right. So the first two scriptures um, we're going to uh, think about are Exodus 19 and Exodus 20. If you'll turn, uh, turn there. So these two are by way of reminder. I think one, one of the things, I don't know how late kind of in my Christian life, and I am so embarrassed to say this, but I think there's more people that do this. You know, we forget, um, like really our, our relationship with God is essentially based on the two verses that I'm going to show you. And if there's anything that kind of any Christian knows, uh, or any person that's been around the Bible knows, besides John 3.16, it's the first commandment. <laughs> and yet it is the one that we abandon first. It's the one that we have no kind of cognition over when we're thinking about our day-to-day lives. And so I want to, um, this is going to be an anchor verse for us because it's going to show the conditionality of relationship with God. And then the second uh, one that we're going to look at, which is the first commandment, is the first commandment. <laughs> and our our. Uh, disobedience to it and with, without us really thinking about it. All right, if somebody would read uh, Exodus 19, 4 through 6 for me. All right. Exodus 19, uh, 4 through 6. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and I, how I, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you shall be to make to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. All right. So I want you uh, to help me kind of put together uh, the conditional, uh, like the statements, and then the condition on which they are true. Okay, so this statement, this is uh, the words that God spoke to Moses that he was spoke to speak to the Israel after they have been let out of Egypt and then they have been brought to Sinai. And there's like, all right, we're here. Now what? And so this is what uh, God says to uh, Moses to tell the people. And so the first thing we want to notice in verse four is that he is saying, hey, this is obvious what I've done. I need you to remember before I say anything else what I've done to you. So in Ephesians, in our identity, remember that you've been redeemed and forgiven. Right? To the Egyptians, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. What has just happened? Plagues. Plagues. These are very specific, obvious things that God, supernatural things that God has seen. They've seen the firstborn of the Egyptians killed. They've seen frogs and locusts, gnats, blood. They have seen things that, um, that were against the Egyptian gods. Like, there's no denying what happened. To the point that the Pharaoh said, get out of here. <laughs> I can't take any more. So, so he's, he's reminding us, right, of what we have seen. And so he also then says, you've seen what I've done on your behalf, and then also notice that I have 
brought you to myself. Like the actions, right? I've done loving actions to you so that you would come running to me. Be mine. Allow me to be God to you. All right? All right, so now then let's get into the kind of the statements that he makes, the relational statements that he makes and the conditions behind them. I've said this many times, every relationship that you have has conditions to it for it to continue to exist, right? So if you are, have a working relationship, boss-employee relationship, how does that relationship continue or how does it end? <laughs> right, how does, it, how does it continue? It can continue with uh, probably calling the guy back if he's left the job. Right. Well, I mean, like, if you're in it, how do you, like, stay in the job? You do what your boss tells you. Yeah, you do what your boss tells you, right? Right, you, you obey, right? What happens if you don't show up or don't obey? You lose the job. What about a friendship? What are the conditions of friendship? Trust. 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 You break trust. What else? Honesty. Honesty. Respect. Respect. Time spent. This generally being around each other. So if I lose your trust, I lose respect, right? I lose time, relationship severs, okay? So as we're thinking about the nature of the relationship, like he is, he is inviting the people into relationship with him conditionally. So this is not special, okay? God is not doing something that we don't do ourselves, right? Okay, so this is not, you're like, what, it's, con it's conditional? Like, yeah, everything's conditional, <laughs> right, in our regular lives. All right, so what is, what is the relationship that he is uh, advocating for here? He's, he's this if-then statement. What's the if? What is he saying? Hey, if you're interested, this is what you can do. And then if you do that, then what happens? Okay. Okay. All right. So the, so the ask is, or the opportunity is, if you will obey me, Okay, and keep my covenant, basically do what I ask you to do, then you shall be my own possession. Okay, so, so what is, uh, somebody translate that into kind of more plain language. What is he asking? If you, if you were to say obey him, well, you could just lead others in, or just live by the commandments. So uh -huh. or the covenant, I'm not sure if that goes along with commandments. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It's the same. Prayer on says, "My voice and keep my mm -hmm. So you should keep the commandments. Then you shall be, you shall be Christ-like, and you will reflect. You'll be uh -huh. maybe praising him in places you wouldn't regularly would." Okay. That's good. So somebody else translate what he's saying. Yep. Hey, do you do you like what I did to you? To let you out of slavery? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you would like to enter into a more uh, ongoing relationship, it requires this. Right that I am your authority. I was not your authority before, that's the condition. That I'm your God. 
And then if you do that, right, what it calls is then you're my special possession. So what that means is, is that it, what, if, what if the people are not obedient? Are they his special possession? Functionally. Functionally. No. Right? All right, so we have that first conditional. Now then, if you will, then I will. And so if, so the last condition then is, so if, if we enter into this authoritative relationship where God is our God, right, and we are his people, we do that by obeying, okay? We say yes, and then we obey. Like I said, I want that relationship, and then I act like I'm in the relationship. All right, so the, so the second thing, right, is what does this then mean for everybody else? If you'll enter into this relationship, what does that mean then for everybody else here in verse 6? Somebody that hadn't answered yet. See, relationships mean something to other people, right? Your friendships, as people see you, right, in that friendship, like you get something from it, and there's, an, there's kind of an input and an output. Right, the input here is the relationship and the obedient. What's the output? In verse 6, the first part of verse 6. Okay. <laughs> you are. Um, if we are then God's people, then he can use us to be a blessing to someone else. That's right. Right, the, this, is, this is the Old Testament version of, if you will follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You see that? I want you to see the consistency, right, in God's ask. I want you to see the consistency in the relationship that he's wanted with his people all along. He says he wants to show you that he's God. So he's done that in the, uh, to establish a relationship with the Egyptians by uh, bringing them out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Right? And he's done it in the New Testament through his son Jesus, right? <laughs> by healing, by miracles, by teachings, right? And then by the cross and then by the resurrection and the ascension. Right? I am God. <laughs> There's no like... Just trust me, I'm God. Like he shows up and says, I am God. Now, will you enter into the relationship that I want from you? And if you will, then I will make you, right, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I will make you fishers of men. Thoughts or questions about that as it relates to authority and why God bases this on? There's a consistency throughout the Bible of what he's asking of us. Does that make sense? Why does that matter, James? From a, like a perspective, like I have some friends that, like, who discuss politics, uh, not politics, sorry, Christianity, and they, they always kind of counter-react to my statements about this, about the gospel. Like, maybe say like God is manipulative, or say you must do this to get this. How are you? I mean, I know it's not really on this topic, but it's all. No, no, it's exactly the topic. That I mean that that's you're like you're right. Like what they say, if they said it how you said it, that's right. We I don't know how well. Okay, this I I think I know how we get into this mentality, but if we'll read scripture plainly, right, the gospel is conditional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what he is offering is like here's all of these. Uh, promises, here's all of these outpourings, but uh, if you would come after me, <laughs> there's all these if-then statements. Yeah. 
right? And so a lot of times we, where it's not, it's not manipulative. It's like, I'm God and I want you home. And so this is how I've made a way for you to be back home. But we've got to want to be home and we've got to stay home, right? And work that out. And so I think, so, so the thing that where we, we kind of, as it relates to the world and God, it's like we want, we want all the things that God offers and yet maintain our autonomy. And he says, no, that's not, that's not the, the relationship that I'm asking you. So if we maintain that relationship, it's not the nature of the relationship that he wants with us. It doesn't work. I have lived that life. Anybody else tried that one? Or is working through that right now? <laughs> it doesn't work very well, does it? And so, and so I, I would lean into that because that, that is the gospel. Like you, rich young ruler, so can I, nope, you need to, for you, you need to give up your stuff. I'm going to keep my stuff. Um, I just noticed the, the condition if you obey all of those commands, it, there's a lot of shall be's in, in the uh, verses. Like, you, know, you shall be a possession. You shall be a kingdom priest and a holy nation. You shall speak the words. It's, it's not like, oh, I'm kind of in, but not really in it. No, you're in it. If, you, if you're doing, if truly doing his commands, there's not like, you know, if or, you know. And so we talk about the kind of the issue, and we're, we're engaged with the issue tonight. We'll talk about yeah. particularly some commands about why that has to be true, right, to follow through. Because we want to kind of halfway do it, right? Like with halfway do friendship. And we're like, well, why am I not benefiting from... <laughs> or if I kind of halfway treat Renee like my wife and then expect all the benefits, right, that would come if I were completely engaged in that relationship. Any other thoughts or questions? All right, so then based upon kind of... Uh, that preview, we look at the first commandment. Anybody remember like what the first commandment is? <laughs> I don't know why that's kind of, as I read that, I'm like, we don't really need to kind of go anywhere else until we like get this concept, right? Like this is what God is asking. Any thought, any, anybody kind of, Mind blown a little bit as I think about that and I look at that. It's like, why? That is so simple, yet that is not my mindset. There's lots of other things that I have trouble with, but like, that's the first one <laughs> that I've got to agree to. Essentially, to be in the relationship that he wants from me. There's a story a few years ago, a guy and a girl met on a dating app, and before the first date, the girl pulls out a contract. <laughs> I was like, uh, I like it, right? Let's define like terms here from the jump. Uh, God is nice like this too. He does not want you to be in a relationship that you have no interest in. And yet so often we kind of, we present relationship with God as something other than this. Yes? Like, I, I, I feel like I, it was explained to me in a different way. <laughs> and so you're just kind of in the relationship but not quite sure the nature of it. Anybody done that? 
Yes? <laughs> Gotten into a relationship and not really understanding the real nature of it and kind of you muddle through? Well, this is a, a, a point at which I want us to not... Uh, we can continue to muddle through, that's on you, but I want you to understand what God wants, like what the relationship that he actually wants from you and how it's actually going to be good. So, is this challenging to anybody else? Verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. But what about you shall have? But can I have girl? girl no. <laughs> like you can't be married to me, right? I can't be your God, big G, and you have little G gods. It doesn't work like that. This is not Hinduism. I, I think this is a good lesson for us to have, like get complete, like obviously authority of God and complete control. Because if we're trying to control our whole situation, so, I think from a bigger perspective, we have an issue with, perhaps have an issue with God saying, this is, this is my way or the highway kind of thing. Not, not in a negative way. No, it's, it's me. Yeah, it's me, God, or no God. I, I, can, I can give you these blessings. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, talk to me out loud. Like, don't, don't be afraid to... I know you're maybe sitting and churning, like, talk out loud. What are some thoughts that you have as you see this and as you think about how you think about authority in your life? We are Americans. Nobody tells us what to do. Yeah, I really don't like ultimatums. Right? And this is the biggest ultimatum it is. It really is. <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> he, he's just a big old fat no burger, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Anybody else? Like, it almost looks like, like, in my mind, I'm, like, imagining the image of, like, a couple sitting down that's, like, thinking about getting engaged. Or yeah. One of them's like, so we're going for, like, an open marriage, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, no, wait, you know. no. That's a great analogy. That's exactly what we do, right? It's like, I like this. Can I define terms? He's like, no, not at all. <laughs> Other thoughts? Megan, you look like you had a... Right. But yet we want to separate the two. Like, I'll like, occasionally, with the kingdom mindset, step into what's yours when I want to, when it feels good, when yep. people are watching me. Yep. Versus, like, no, this is all yours, and there is no separation. Right. Or we might have, like, a Netflix mentality. You know, I need some God now. That's right. And because you think about how perhaps if things are going okay in your life, it's okay to have God as your God. Right. But when things are not working out, and you're like, well, God is sovereign, God is in control, he could have at least intervened on this, but he did not. God, I don't know if I need you as my God right now, kind of thought. And yeah. I think that's the constant battle that we face. Yeah. But I think, but I know I forget... Nineteen four, right? That he, like, he's done things. Like, there's not, there's not. I wonder if somebody says somebody likes you, right? And that you've heard this, like, this rumor, right? That somebody likes you. <laughs> hey, somebody likes you from just some third party. You're like, okay, right? But then there's uh, hopefully been other obvious things from family members or you know, 
people that have pursued you where they did things to show you that they liked you, right? It's like, oh, there's evidence, <laughs> right? I'm not acting just randomly on some whim that this might be true. Like he reminds us, right? Like you just saw me free two million of you miraculously. <laughs> Remember? Like you can trust me. I love you that much. I had to go through a whole lot of trouble to free you from Egypt. You understand? Like a whole lot of trouble. Jesus went to a whole lot of trouble, that is putting it mildly, <laughs> to redeem us. I got to get a body? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got to go down there, like be born, and then like listen to parents <laughs> and have siblings and like learn a trade and like wander around with a bunch of idiots while I teach them what the kingdom is like. And then, you understand? Like this is not, like he has, he has loved you very specifically, very tangibly. We don't have to guess how God uh, has loved us, right? And so I want, I forget that, right? Because we live in a world of just kind of shoulds and maybes where this is concrete. And something with that, too, going back to last night's lesson with the flux of the world, way of the world system, one of the things that came to mind kind of talking, I think, was that we... Very much in our culture, whether it be sports, whether it be politics, whether it be whatever, it's what have you done for me lately? Exactly. And so all the stuff you talk about God has done, it's like, okay, he's done that, but God, what have you done for me today? And that, that type of thinking, that cultural yes. thinking can slip into our relationship. That is, so, that is such a great point, Michael. Because God's, God's understanding is I don't have to do anything for you. Like that is so big. <laughs> that there's no other presents coming. Anybody have presents or at Christmas time, like when they get the big gift, they're like, do you understand? Like I bought you this $1,300 computer. Like there aren't any other gifts, right? Like you should not expect any other gifts. And then we're like, well, maybe like a shirt and like something else, right? You know? And so, um, and so if anyone has felt like that, uh, I, I, I agree a hundred percent, Michael, that, that God is, is saying my he is expecting that his gift is enough. Now he gives us, he promises so many other blessings, but the big one, like that's sufficient. And we need to understand in our Americanness that there's nothing else coming and that is okay. <laughs> of how we read that. Andy, you got a thought? No. Okay. All right, so... Um, so last verse that I want to enter into uh, here, and then we'll uh, just got a couple more thoughts and finish up. So Romans 1.21. So this is, this is our struggle, okay? This is, this is the world and seeing God. Uh, somebody want to read uh, this one? All right, go ahead. Anybody have takers? Oh, anybody takers? All, right. All right, Connor. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God. For even though they knew him, okay, they knew him to be him, <laughs> they did not honor him as such or give thanks. This is, uh, my heart knows this feeling really well. I suspect yours does too. That 
I know what place he holds in my life. I know what he's done for me, right? And yet I don't consistently honor that. Like I don't consistently treat him as if he's my God all the time, right? I don't consistently place him above myself in the way that I should, right? Or give thanks. What giving thanks is is recognition, right, of somebody and what they've done for you in your life. So this is a, a little thing. You may have said this before, but um, there's lots of things I do wrong in my relationship with Renee as I'm learning how to, what it like to be married. <laughs> um, but one thing that, uh, there's a couple things I do okay, but one thing is I try to thank, anytime she cooks a meal, I try to thank her every single time. What is the discipline of that? Like, what do you think I'm trying to do each time and like mean it? To her, like, why, why do you think I do that? And that little thing, again, I fail eight million ways, but that thing I have tried to do consistently well. So she feeds you again tomorrow. True. <laughs> True, absolutely. So you don't begin to take it for granted just because it happens often. That's right. That I don't begin to take it for granted because it happens often. Right? That's why we give thanks. Like, hey, I know that this meal feels like it could just go on forever, but... This could be my last meal, and it wasn't from my hands that it came. But that's a little thing, right? Think of all the things that you have to be thankful for. And I'm not talking about material blessings. I'm just talking about things that God has done in your life. That we've got to thank him. Thanking him says, you did that. And when we say you did that, we put him where he needs to be, right? Above us. That's a big deal to honor him as our God and to give thanks. And when we don't do that, isn't this so descriptive of you and of me? It is very much of me. As I don't do that consistently, my speculations, right? What's this idea, right? The things I think, right? The things I'm kind of choosing to do, I'm betting on, (laughs) become futile. Think about the things that you bet on when you are in control, I, I am awful. There's, I, I came down to this, I was about mid-20s, I'm working through this for myself, same thing that you're kind of spinning through, and I was like, Rob, you are the worst decision maker I have ever met in my entire life. But it's this, the speculations <laughs> that are not God-honoring, I, it is amazing how bad I was at it. Are you, are you good at <laughs> making your own decisions is how they come out? Don't, don't say that out loud, but from your, from your, from your faces. <laughs> so I'm, being, I'm not actually being harsh on myself. I'm actually being pretty nice, like how bad <laughs> I was. And as I do that, right, my heart is darkened, right? It becomes callous. It becomes because I'm not looking for an alternative. I'm just sad. <laughs> from all my bad choices and bad bets. Amen? Amen. So, uh, so then that where, where, does that, where does that put you? Sorry. So what kind of framework, what, what, what are, uh, before we kind of finish up here, talk to me about that, about friends of yours as you see that, as, that's, uh, as that works in yours, kind of process out loud for me. I don't place God first. I um, 
and it's kind of a scary place to be because I think there's a verse like to them I've been given much, much more will be required. Mm -hmm. And not just I try to look at that as not just like physical stuff like you said, but also like just spiritual blessings as well. And um, if you're not following God's will, I mean, how can you expect to have a great relationship with the Father, with yeah. friends around you, and people will notice that. And, uh, you know, you can put on a good face, but at the end of the day, like, people can see right through you. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else, Kitty? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, so as we're, as we're kind of processing this, like, you know, just where, where are we with this? You know, what are our struggles? I was just, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's look at um, a couple quotes as we finish up here. Um, so Tim Keller says this, we think that idols uh, are bad things. So we're going to go into kind of this, this idea of are we idolaters? Um, we think that idols are bad things, uh, but that's almost never the case. Uh, the greater the good, the more likely we are to expect that it can satisfy our deepest needs and hopes. And so particularly for believers, right, I think that this is the case a lot of times. Like we make the good thing the first thing because we get a little good out of it. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's just elevate it <laughs> to top position. Man, this feels really good to get this A. Let's like really lean into that. And so school's my everything, right? I can't. I can't go to fellowship. I can't, I can't be encouraged in the word. I've got all the schoolwork to do, right? Because that becomes the thing that I get the validation from. Anything can serve as a counterfeit God, especially the very best things in life. An idol is anything more important to you than God. Love that definition, right? By that measure, <laughs> are we idolaters? I am. Uh, Melissa Spatrick uh, says this, how can I tell if I'm worshiping the blessing that I desire or God? Okay. Do I want, so this would be, so this would go back to the friend with the boat. Okay. Do I want the boat or do I want the friend? Mm, that's a hard question. <laughs> that's right. But no, but in our hearts, right? This is how we do to God. It's, it's very subtle, but we, this is something we really need to think through, right? Do I want the thing that God's given me or do I want him? So John 17, 3 says, eternal life is this to know him, right? That's what he's asking of us, right? When we give him as our authority, that's the place that he wants us to have in our, his, and wants us to be. Uh, that's the relationship that he wants us to have with him. And so it's not his stuff, it's blessings of relationship. Right, that my goal for being Renee, married to Renee is not that I get fed and, uh, you know, if we have children, these things are children, but that the, that the relationship is foremost and then there are 
you know, things that we enjoy as, a, as an outpouring of that relationship. I'm seeking her, not the things that she does. If you're willing to sin to obtain your goal, if, you're sin when you don't, if you sin when you don't get what we, you want, then your desire has taken God's place and you're functioning as an idolater. Man. <laughs> Done that? Is there anything in your life you want badly enough that you're willing to violate Scripture or your own conscience to get it? Yep. Are you using sin to medicate the absence of something you truly want? Great questions. And these are really good questions. Take a picture of that if you want to keep that one, to ask those of yourself. So any thoughts about either, either one? Of those, and I can go back as far as just what what they're saying there. I think that's really helpful for me. How about you guys? The validation part too, not just what is more important to me than God, but what am I what am I seeking that that validation from? Right. Because I don't trust what God says about me. That's right. That's right. Right, so you see friends of yours just frantically grabbing for things. And what you can trust is that the, their inside spiritual life, like they have no anchor whatsoever. They are just grasping at things to validate. Right? They are chasing God after God. And so again, it's not a little idol that I'm worshiping burning incense to, right? But that is what I'm giving my life to. It's the same thing. Yeah. But then if you replace that with, are you using your family mm -hmm. to medicate the absence of something you truly want? Well, family is a gift of God. Sure. As far as His grace, but like, where are you prioritizing that? Yeah. And I think that's an ongoing challenge. Absolutely. Man, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. This, um, this is another distinction that Keller brings up. This is super helpful. I really, really like this. He distinguishes between deep idols and surface idols. The things that I focus on is surface idols, right? This is the stuff that I've chosen, right? This is the I've chosen to like school to be my identity, right? I've chosen to like I'm leaning into weekend life. You know, I'm going to get everything out of the weekend that I possibly can, right? I've chosen to, again, fill in the blank. Those are our surface idols, how we seek to fulfill our deep idols, Okay. So that's, that's the things that we, that we see people doing. But it's the deep idols that these are the same for everyone. Okay? These are the things that, that God, only God fulfills. And this is why, as we keep chasing after the surface idols, the, they're not meant to do that. Right? Even the good things that God has given you that we choose to worship or to lean all into, that's not their place. Right? Like, God allowed us to make ice cream, and it's amazing. Okay? <laughs> But I can have too much ice cream, right? Yeah. This is the, this is the exact same thing of making a good thing an idol. <laughs> that I'm all about ice cream. Why? Well, it's really good every time. So let me just beat a dead horse as opposed to <laughs> just enjoy it in moderation. So the deep idols here, right? This is all the things that we 
want and would find in God, right, that we go searching for if we don't have him as an alternative. We want power. I don't want to be powerless. Anybody in here want to be powerless? No? Good. I didn't think so. Right? Anybody not want approval? (laughs) Anybody not want comfort or control? But the issue is, where do we go looking for those things? God has promised, right, approval. You are my son. You have been my enemy, and yet I make you my son. Do you think he approves of you? Yeah. (laughs) All power and authority has been given to me, Jesus says, and I want you then to join me in the work that he's given me. Greater things than you do will you do than these. When you say son, it's also for the ladies, it means uh, daughters of of the truth. That's right. Course, live like that. I mean, it seems like it might take a lot, and we search for approval. And certainly, I think my dad's drove with power. Uh, he's mm. a very big guy in, yeah. in his business world, and I think for me, it's like I want power over him, and it's like mm. really hard mm. to be balanced yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like ongoing battles with family. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good word. Yeah, any, uh, any thoughts about that as you see this? Does that make, is that helpful? To, to see, like, why am I going? Oh, it's these things. I'm not finding, I'm not, I'm not getting or understanding or know how to get that from God, or I'm not choosing to do that. I think, I think we've all, like, well, I can't speak for everybody, but I've always been to the spots where you try to, to achieve deep idols and certain titles. Or, you know, um, but, Said if you have two friends or two brothers and sisters of Christ, I don't care if you drop a Lamborghini or a little uh, jalopy. So, yeah. Just <laughs> how could this be helpful for you as you just uh, as you're trying to feel like how do I talk to my friend? You know, that's struggling with this. So this is I always find like okay, the more I understand something, the more I can again not you know pull out the PowerPoint necessarily. But like, how does this help me? Kind of empathize with what they're going through, or even and understand what I'm going through and what I struggle with. I think it's so much easier to see the symptoms of this in other people's mm. lives. Mm-hmm. And now we're thinking like so many people <laughs> know about this, 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 and like, why am I not? Why yeah. do my own idolatries not come as easily to mind yeah. as other yeah. people? So I think it just underscores the need for us to be in honest, yeah. vulnerable community yeah. where we can say, Seems like when you're so upset about this loss that this maybe has been an idol in your life, you know, yeah. and how we learn to do that with compassion, that we, I need that reciprocated. That Can you imagine like the worst and scariest question you've ever seen, but yet you, I know all of you want this. If I could look at KJ, KJ, what do you see in my life? Embrace for it. <laughs> <laughs> So you're like, that's funny, that sounds awful, but yet how good would that be that, that I could trust him, that he could tell me, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, <laughs> and do something about it. Yeah. I think another uh, challenging, maybe even dark place to, to go, but can be helpful with this is, like I say on there, money be family assets, stuff like that, like... Really putting yourself in the mindset of, okay, if I lost this, mm-hmm. yeah. God, would I still follow yep. you? Yep. Not to say, and, and it's tough because like, you start feeling that mental pain. I'm going to write that down, Michael. That's really good. Yeah. And 
I mean, but it's like, are we willing to sometimes take ourselves there to have that mental pain of like, if I was to be in that spot where I lost the family, the assets, whoever that, you know, had given me a great life, if that's where you're at, would I still love God? Would I still follow God? There's a whole book about this. Anybody know in the Bible? Job. Job. <laughs> right yeah. Hmm. I like the, the first one you read, right? It's like, it's uh, the burden's like, yeah, there's a burden of being out of idolatry in this world. Like, there's all kinds of things for me to put my faith in, or right? And so, if anyone thinks there's something not, we need to first take the speck out of your name, mm-hmm. or take the log out of yours. Yeah. You're like, oh, I used to struggle with that, but I don't. Right. They're struggling with that now, so I'm clearly better. But right. God yep. Yeah. Now I think that's great in speaking into what Renee said. You know that I've got to I've got to humbly admit, like see my see my own stuff, right? That I am an idolater. That's right. As an idolater, I see this in you, <laughs> right? I'm I'm good at it. I'm just as good as you. <laughs> I see this thing. And especially the idea of like surface idols and deep idols helps because like I think sometimes. We want to stop the surface idol because yep. we know it's going to get worse. Yep. Like in our hard hearts, we know that valuing these things is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. know that there's a deeper idol for that. Like it has deep roots. Like to tear up a tree, yeah. like you have to get the roots. And yeah. Like that's a pain. Like yeah. the roots have spread. Like and so. Yeah, Cameron Rigdon, our um, staff meeting this week, was taking a few minutes and uh, just talking to us about. Um, just helping us be better equipped as we counsel and, and encourage. And was saying, you know, the, the question that we want to get to, and help me if I, I butcher this, right, is like, what's really going on here? This is the question that we need to ask ourselves as I'm pitching a fit about whatever. <laughs> right, what's really going on here? And this is, this is the deep idol, right? Is that place? All right. So this is, we'll finish with this. Uh, kind of long quote. Um, this is from Keller again. Um, Why do we fail to love or to keep promises or to live unselfishly? Okay? That's where we are. Like, I do that. I fail to love. <laughs> I fail to keep promises. And I fail to live unselfishly uh, as often as I want to. Is it because we are weak and sinful? That's how we answer. It's like, of course. But the, but the, the, I can't say, but the specific answer in any actual circumstance is that there is something that is more important to your heart than God himself. That's, that's what's really going on there. And the, the blessing of what God's trying to teach us is to help us be ignorant no longer. Right? This is how our heart works. This is how we are affected by culture. It just is. Right? That's the water that we swim in. But am I going to kind of confess right, and live a, a kind of more authentically in what the real problem is? Right? That, that there's something in my heart uh, that's more important uh, than God. 
We would not lie unless we first had made something, uh, human approval, reputation, power over others, financial advantage, more important and valuable to our hearts in the grace and favor of God. Right? I should tell the truth here, but I think it'll cost me too much and I don't trust the Father here. I didn't do it. All right, write this last thing down if you didn't take a picture. The secret to change is to identify and dismantle the counterfeit gods in our hearts. If the simplest thing that he asks us to do is put him first, right, then the simplest thing to undo that is to stop letting other things be first. I've got to identify what's first. I need to get them off the throne. (laughs) And I need to figure out what it means to live with God on the throne. The secret to change is to identify and dismantle the counterfeit gods in our heart. All right, so let's finish off uh, this thing here. Idolatry is not simply a form of ritual worship, but a whole sensibility and pattern of life based on finite values and making created things into godlike absolutes. I hadn't been like much of a, a, a phone guy as far as like being on it this much, but man, over the last six months, I have really struggled. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I've, I've struggled over the last. Uh, ever since I quit my job, which has probably been, I got another job, but ever since I left my old job, I didn't have the time to get on the phone. I was yeah. working with a guy I trusted, but long story short, I've just been on the phone too much. Yeah. And so. Uh, I think, I think that's good. I'm, I'm sharing this. There's lots of other things, but I'm thinking about this, and there's lots of things that we just kind of need to confess to ourselves, like, yeah, I'm on that, or I'm doing that, or I'm engaged in that too much. Also, like, uh, before we touch base on something else, I mean, I wrote down a couple things as you were speaking. You said uh, it's the simplest thing is putting him first and stop putting other things first, like uh, uh, adultery or uh, God being... Ben being a, like somebody you trust mm-hmm. or someone or fame or prayer, even mm-hmm. prayer can get in the way. If, mm-hmm. you, if you think you want to put it first rather than put God first, I suppose. Okay. See. Yeah. So like, so trust with somebody is like something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. If I, I feel like I, if I can trust you, then there's some kind of godliness. No, there's not. There could be trust, but it could still be broken and it could be, it could be lost. It could, and it, you can lose everything. So if you still have God first, then you, you, there's still trust, you know? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I guess if I could slow down and just say, take some time to just appreciate the time being here and some rest. Yeah. Time to rest. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that, that that's going to, uh, I think that actually answer is really what the last sentence is talking about. Right? In the Bible, therefore, turning from idols always includes a rejection of the culture that idols reproduce. Uh, coming up here to saying, uh, to spending a little money and to doing the hour and to to reject the things that you could have done this weekend, this is rejecting our culture. This is more important. I need, I need to trust. Maybe I don't want to go or I'm, it doesn't really matter. I'm 
you know, I can trust reluctantly, but I'm still moving forward, right? But I want you to say, like, this is that thing. This is kingdom overculture. This is kingdom overculture, right? To, to keep a Sabbath versus, like, ah, you know, I, I can do two hours. That's not a big deal of this or that, right? Like, he said, no, trust me. Um, so I would love for you, so uh, I'm going to pray for us. I would love for you to just maybe take just five more minutes where you are, if you want to just get someplace, pray by yourself. I want you to just to process a little bit more just by yourself about what we're talking about. If you need to go on a journal, if you just want to write down lists of things that you need to examine, right, just look through your notes. Just, just stay here for a minute before we break into... Uh, kind of the next thing because I don't want you that that's going to be some time well spent so let me pray for us um, just spend again just five minutes would be great and uh, and then we'll and uh, wander back in here we'll hang out for a little bit and then um, and I'll kind of tell you what's what's next let's pray <clears throat> uh, father I am an idolater father I confess that to you um, and you're like yep Rob you are <laughs> and so, Father, it is so nice to be able to agree with you about what is true. Because we're on the same page, Father, and that, um, that is a healthy place to be with you. Father, I pray, Lord, that all of us um, would confess to you that we are idolaters, Father, and that we be more specific than that, that these are the things that I consistently place in front of you, that I let be my functional God, that they are in control, that I think this thing will do me more good than the thing that you're asking me to do as it relates to investing in a relationship. But also, so often I do things when I could be investing in others because I want to do them. You tell me that I should have no other God before you, Lord. I want that to be my heart's cry because I know of your goodness and I know of my sinfulness. I am not a good king of my life. I am not a good discerner of what is good. I cause sin in my life apart from you. Father, would you allow us just to focus? This is going to take a, you know, a lifetime of continuing to work through and to be engaged in you with. But right now, we need you to speak into our hearts and to show us what our deep idols are. Father, to look under the surface idols and to see what's really going on. So I ask that you would give us that time and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>